Hey everyone, uh, before we get started with the show today, I have another quick shout out for a listener who donated to us. Atasa Romanifar donated $50 to us. So thank you so much, Atasa. Uh, that's really going to help us continue to produce the show and continue to grow and expand and improve the show. If you would like your own shout out on the Messy Studio Podcast, please go to www.messystudiopodcast.com and click the donate button. It's a yellow button in the upper right-hand corner that says Donate. Um, And uh, just a reminder uh, that those donations are going to appear on your billing statement as going to Core Publication Management, LLC. So once again, that's www.messystudiopodcast.com and click the Donate button. Thanks again to Atasa and on with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about working with place, in place. Many artists working in both realism and abstraction are interested in expressing what is often called a sense of place. That is, they use unique or moving aspects of particular places to express ideas and emotions. Though this place may be as close as an artist's own backyard, it is sometimes more distant. We are recording this episode at a time during the COVID-19 pandemic when many of us are unable to physically be in the places that inspire us. In this episode, we're going to consider ways of accessing what's important to us about these places and enable them to continue to be a part of our creative vision. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. Um, we've, we've talked a bit in the past on different podcasts about abstracting from place and um, artists being inspired by their surroundings. And I thought it would be interesting today to consider that approach, which is important to many of us, um, from the perspective of, hey, we can't really get out anymore. But it's not only relevant to right now. I mean, a lot of times we can't be where we want to be. And so some of these ideas are, are valid anytime. And, you know, this is kind of a particular... It's a particular niche of of way of working. I mean, um, not everybody uses this approach. And there are artists also who are in a pretty good position right now because they are inspired by, you know, their own backyard. uh, I did an interview a while back with an Irish artist, Keith Wilson, and he... He's been painting for years, basically just um, images from his garden and ideas that he's gotten just right around his house. And so that, you know, there's a lot of people actually that can work and have no consideration for this at all. But for those of us that do, and I am definitely one of them, I thought it was a a good topic for now. Anybody who uh, travels or does artist residencies or that kind of thing, any artist, um, you know, you often bring back ideas from your travels and you have visual impressions and things that are seem important and you want to continue working with them. So um, this podcast will talk about some of the ways to kind of keep that going. In my own situation, I've been going to the uh, west coast of Ireland in County Mayo for uh, almost 10 years now. And it's to the same place, to Ballycastle for Bound Glen Arts Foundation and it's really had a huge impact on my work. Um, and I've noticed a lot of different things about that. And one, one thing I notice is when I'm actually there and I have a painting studio and everything, it's a, it's a great place to work. Uh, I do 
feed off the landscape, the imagery around me and my work. And it seems a little more specific there. I, you know, I think, oh, this, this is kind of reminding me of the tide pools I just visited or something. It, it seems a little more pointed sometimes when I'm working there. Um, and then when I come back home, it's different. I mean, I'm, I'm not in that environment anymore. And there's definitely kind of a shift in how I, how I approach that. I still use it in my work. And I have, it's been a big part of my work for quite a long time. Um, I think there's kind of a, just kind of an integration of what I've absorbed when I'm over there, uh, colors, textures, um, shapes, and they, they work their way in. Um, and um, I guess what, there's a kind of distillation. I mean, the things that are really striking to me when I'm there that I'm interested in looking at, they they distill themselves in my memory. And I, I'm able to say, this is interesting, this is important, um, this other thing, which was very nice, is not so much. And that's one of the advantages, actually, of you know putting some distance between you and this whatever this place is that influences you or you work with. Um, so uh, I'm, I've also had that experience of being in a place that was very impressive to me and influenced my work for a short time. And that was last spring when I was in Athens. And I, I was so fired up about the antiquities and everything. And I, I came back and I produced a whole body of work about that. I was thinking about the place and what I'd seen. And then, honestly, kind of, I was done with it. You know, <laughs> like these things don't always last. And that's okay. I mean, you, you sort of um, get tuned into what, what actually stays with you and what doesn't. And I'm sure there were some elements and aspects of that experience that do stay with me, and they get kind of integrated into something else. Uh, but you know, we, we don't always need to cling to things, even if they were very impressive at the at the time. So I wanted to start out a little bit, um, kind of talk about what we can't do right now. And again, this we're recording this um, in early April, and we are under a lot of restrictions. So um, plein air is an approach to painting that I imagine quite of our few of our listeners have done plein air or plein air or want to do it. And for most of us now, this is not really an option. It depends on where you live, of course. Um, if you have a lot of open space around you, you can probably do it. Um, but that's kind of off the table for most people. Um, and we can't, a lot of us too are unable to really explore a landscape to just really immerse ourselves in in a place, and especially if that place is not landscape. If if your inspiration comes from a city environment, then certainly you're not out there doing that. Um, and we don't have access to the totality of a place that we can have when we travel. Um, in other words, the culture, the language, the food, the whole thing of being surrounded by this other culture, which can really have such a wonderful impact on our work. Um, and I think the other thing that's pretty unique about this moment in time is it's hard to look at almost any place and and relate to it in the way that we all did, you did before this pandemic. Um, cities especially are affected 
And so we have a different perspective now, and it's not going to last forever. Things will return to normal. Um, but it's something that I think a lot of artists are interested in dealing with, actually, the contrast now uh, between what we're experiencing when we do go out and what we're used to experiencing. Um, but So those are kind of the, the negative things right now as far as working with this idea. But um, as I said, it, I've got a lot of ideas to talk about um, to that can be useful anytime or whenever you can't be in that wonderful place, wherever it is that you like to be. And so I think the first thing I'd like to talk about is how, um, before I get into more specific advice, I just want to say that intuition, spontaneity, and all those things are really important in this kind of work where you've been influenced by a place and you just kind of want to let that place come come through your work. Um, it's kind of allowing that influence in, not necessarily trying to push it in any way. And just kind of um, realizing and acknowledging that something is coming through from a place you've been, a, a place that was important or interesting. I noticed um, Lisa Pressman had posted the other day on Facebook some pretty colorful work. And she said... Um, that she felt the influence of she's been in Mexico a couple times recently. She could feel that influence coming through. And that's the kind of thing I'm talking about where, you know, it's not, uh, you're not that conscious about it maybe until it starts to emerge. And that always has a role. And so even though I'm going to talk about some more, I guess, more specific ideas or tips, I never want to discount um, that. And I think what that comes from really when you are in a place and you're being impressed by a place, wherever it is, to spend time just kind of in it. I mean, not not necessarily planning your work or anything, but just immersing yourself, absorbing the experience, um, not trying to figure out what you're going to do with it, but just taking it in. And And that to me is how I've always dealt with being in Ireland. I mean, I just kind of go out walking and taking photographs and just trying to, you know, let it affect me in whatever way it does, but I, I'm not trying to push it particularly. And so that's kind of advice for when you, when you go on an artist residency or you go to a place that just, you, you can recognize it. You feel these places are impactful and not every place is, but some of them will hit you that way. Um, and then if you see something like that emerging in your work, then to pursue it more intentionally if it's if it's interesting to you. And also, as I said about the whole thing about me being in Athens, sometimes um, you move past it pretty quickly. Um, it's it's fascinating for a little while, and then it's it's okay to let it go, or it's going to morph into something else. Who knows? And I I actually struggled with that a little bit uh, because I. I felt like, oh, I'm really on to something here. <laughs> and I was I was pushing it. I was trying to hang on to it. And so I speak from experience and saying, uh, that doesn't always work. Um, you know, there's there's so much about this that is intuitive. So kind of wanted to, you know, talk about that first. Um but getting into some a little bit more intentional things, I feel like memory is a fantastic resource and there is something about memory that 
distills an experience for you. And if you think about a memory of a place that you have, there's a visual aspect, no doubt, um, remember things that you saw, but there's emotional residue as well. How did you feel in this place? How did it affect you? And there may also be other aspects. Maybe you really learned a little bit of the language or you really enjoyed some other aspect of the culture if it was a foreign country to you. And and memory just has this really interesting way of, uh, well, you remember what's important. And you can trust that. You don't have to dig around for things that have kind of faded out of memory, but trusting the things that really uh, come forward for you. And there's, you know, what what are the qualities of the place? So, I mean, like when I think about Ireland, I think of a lot of texture and a lot of kind of ruggedness, this particular place where I go. Uh, sometimes people always think Ireland is green, but green rarely comes out in my work. Um, there's something about the rocks and the sea and everything that is a little more monochromatic, a little starker, and that's what... That's what I remember. Um, when you consider the visual memories that you have, there can be certain, like I said, for Ireland, for me, it's a lot of texture and certain earth color. There'd be certain shapes, maybe certain um, types of lines that you see in the landscape. I remember um, many years ago, I was um, I spent some time in the Canary Islands on the island of Lanzarote. And there were these, it was amazing. It was this weird island like from the moon, you know, it was just very stark. But they were growing grapes there. And around each grape was this little kind of semicircle of um, like a retaining wall. And you'd look on the this very barren hillside and you'd see these little retaining walls with green plants coming up through them because that's where they put individual grape plants. And I think they were called Zocos, I remember that. And I did a series of paintings where I had these kind of um, semicircles in the painting. And it's just something about that just really struck me. And sometimes things like that can, you know, become symbols as well. So I think, yeah, trusting trusting what you remember. And, and I want to say something about photos here because I think it ties in with this this topic of memory too, because, you know, most of us take a lot of pictures when we're traveling or we're in a special place. And um, what do you do with those? You know, I mean, we, we post them on social media. We look at them sometimes uh, for fun. We share them with our friends. And a lot of artists also uh, tend to use them in their work and I, I, I'm a little bit opinionated about this, but I think actually copying, trying to copy photographs uh, directly and literally usually doesn't work out very well because there's there's a lot of, I mean, cameras distort, right? Um, and it also kind of takes away that interpretive aspect that even if you're a realistic painter and you want a realistic image, there's always still, you know, in the best paintings, I think, some emotional um, involvement, right? So unless you really are a photorealist and you really, this is your whole thing is, you know, making that realistic, super realistic image, I think the role of photographs is somewhat limited um, in in this kind of memory access 
what I tend to do with my own photographs is, you know, sometimes I sit and look at them and I really enjoy them. And I don't, but I don't look at them as painting references necessarily. Uh, they, they're more uh, personal memories, I guess. Although, you know, sometimes there's something that strikes me, but I think it's more of a cumulative effect of looking at a lot of photos. And it's also the effect of, well, I took the photo, right? I was in that place. I was very present. I was paying attention and I took the photo. And so to me, the act of taking the photo is as important in the long run as the actual image when it comes to your work. So, uh, you know, again, I, I realize I'm kind of up on a soapbox, but uh, because I sometimes I have students bring photos to workshops and, you know, say, want to copy them or work very directly from them. And my advice is usually, well, take a good look and then put it away <laughs> because that allows your uh, all your other experience and all your other thoughts and feelings about this place to enter your work. Yeah, I think that working from photos is is it's a, a good more of a learning technique. Mm -hmm. You know, it's uh it, it can allow you to um, focus in on certain details and uh, figure out the way that light and shadow work um, in real life and the way that lines work and are formed by uh, different colors and shapes and uh, you can look at the negative space on a photo and there's certain techniques that you can glean from working with photos but um, people who are developed artists typically even if they work from photos it's not as as though they're simply doing a duplication right that, yeah and that's a good point because there are a lot of people that interpret like they might have a bunch of photos stuck up on their wall or their whatever and their points of departure I mean they're interpreting from right, the right. photo they're their own concerns about what they want in a composition or what they want in color are going to be uh, overriding the specific moment that they took that photo. And usually there's even a realistic painter, there's a degree of abstraction, right? There has to be usually some simplification or decision. I'm going to pull out this type of um, color or shape in this particular image. So, yeah, they do have a place. It just yeah, it's just that more really like I want to copy this photo idea that is is limiting. And I think it's it's kind of an insecurity too. I think that people aren't quite ready to well, they maybe they are learning and they're not quite ready to abandon that image that um you know, is a successful image if it's a good photo and say, "Okay, I'm I'm striking out on my own now." So um, but I, I love taking photos and I'm, I'm very into that sometimes, but they, they just sort of for their own reason. I don't know. And I think they do enhance your memory. I think, I mean, that's kind of the topic we're on here is how to use memory in your work. Uh, I think photos do, um, make that stronger because you're paying attention and because you look at the photos again later. Um, so memory, it's important. And, there's a lot of things that are kind of tied in with memory. And, and the second one I wanted to talk about was bringing emotion into your work. Um, and that uh, perhaps is a little more suited to abstraction, but it, it's also true with a more realistic approach because, you know, I was saying earlier, it, it, when the artist brings some emotion into the work, it's, it's more interesting usually. Um, and so um, thinking about, 
the place, whatever the place is that you relate to or you work from, and what feelings you associate with it. Um, so that that can include, you know, what you feel like when you're there, but it can also include how you feel about it when you're not there. And I notice a lot of times when I'm working and I am feeling a connection to the, the images that I think of as being from Ireland, I often feel this kind of longing or this kind of nostalgia because I like it there so much and I'm not there. And there's a, a little bit of a sad edge sometimes to this work because uh, it's somewhere that I, I know I'll never really live there, but it, it speaks to me so strongly. So there's a whole range of things, you know, emotions that you can bring in. And, and I think just trying to be intuitive with that, and I, that sounds like a little bit of a contradiction, right? <laughs> we try to be intuitive, allow yourself to be intuitive, and and sometimes your emotions can affect your colors and, and things in ways that are not particularly in line with your actual visual memory. <laughs> you know, you maybe there's a color that kind of encapsulates a place more than uh, what you might see in a photo, for example, or in a literal memory. Um, and I don't know, I, I work a lot from memories of places that are kind of rugged and wild. And that's not only Ireland, but other places I've been and New Mexico as well. And I, I try to get in touch with the, the way I feel when I'm there, which is kind of a very, uh, there's a, well, there's a wildness to it. There's a kind of a vastness around you and there's a freedom to it. And that energizes uh, my work. So another way to approach this is when you're in a place and you're spending time, and this might especially apply to, say, an artist's residency or somewhere that you can go for a little while, and you do some photography. We kind of talked about that. Um, maybe you do some sketching or watercolor or something in the landscape in a realistic manner, even if you're more of an abstract artist. And I find this to be really helpful. And I, um, even though my work is abstract, I find that working, um, actually just sitting on a rock and, you know, drawing what I see or something, it's really a good practice to expand your visual vocabulary and mark making, um, color that, you know, closely observing what the things about your place. And they, and they really can be sort of anything. Um, sometimes I, when we, when we're in a place that has something sort of iconic about it, like um, I remember talking to students that I was teaching um, here in New Mexico. I taught a workshop in Taos, New Mexico, a couple years ago, and and they were working from place. And I said, you know, there's things about Taos and northern New Mexico that are sort of they're symbolic in a way. I mean, there's the um, the way the landscape, you know, the little little scrubby plants, and there's the pueblo, and there's the, all the adobe buildings, and all these things, and and yet it might be that in coming to Taos, you would simply be struck by um, the way the cloud formations looked, or something like that, that possibly you could see somewhere else. <laughs> and I think it's good to just go with that stuff. You know, you don't always have to work only with imagery that's um 
that someone else would associate with a place. Because when we're in a new place, we tend to notice things in a different way. And so if it's even a small thing that catches your attention, that's okay. So maybe you're drawing whatever it is, you're doing some watercolor, you're making some sketches, and you're and then when you bring this stuff back to your studio, um, again, as I said with the photos, not to copy it or not to be too literal about it, but sort of have it around and glance at it and and then maybe play with some of the things that you came up with in kind of a free, freeform way. And what is true about this is that once I mentioned like right in the beginning, when I'm in a place like I keep using Ireland for the example, but there are other places as well. But when I'm in the place, I'm a little more connected to to what I see because it's, I'm right there, right? So um, it's a little bit harder for me to abstract. And if that's my goal, once I come away from that and I'm using these visual references, memory, emotion, all these things, uh, I feel like I can have more freedom with it. So... Um, all these things that you maybe you make some notes when you're away or you observe things, they're all in you. They're all there. Um, the degree to which you reference them, I suppose, is personal preference. But I think they're, they're good to pay attention to and be aware of. Don't just put them away for good. And so the last thing I wanted to talk about in terms of um, kind of how to work with this whole idea of place when you're not in the place, <laughs> when the place is far away, or maybe it's 10 miles away, but you can't go there right now. Um, and that's the more conceptual end of things, uh, working with ideas, working with concepts. Um, and any place that's interesting to you, there's a lot of stuff that you can find out about it, right? If it's if it's beyond your immediate location, you, you may not really know that much about it, especially if you're going to another country. Um, and so it's pretty interesting to start uh, looking into what the background, the culture, the history, which you may not have time to do when you're there, um, but it, it kind of uh, builds more of a foundation for the work going forward. And, what I find interesting about that is when I read about something, like maybe I read a little bit of Irish history or something, and then I just, even though I'm not there, I feel this connection, or I read um, some literature maybe by an Irish author, and it, it keeps that connection going, or some poetry. It definitely did with the poetry I worked with, with Seamus Heaney. Um, you're not there, but you're connecting in some way with stuff you can research or books you can get or something like that. And all the time, it's also giving you a little bit more to work with. It adds some kind of um, depth to what you're doing. Um, I, I also did this a bit um, a couple years ago. I taught a workshop in, in Spain, and it was near the Camino um, pilgrimage route. And I Honestly, I didn't know that much about the Camino when I was there, and I was aware of it, but I hadn't really delved into it. I had a friend who had walked on it, uh, but they at the workshop provided a lot of background about the Camino. And since then, anytime I see an article or anytime I come across something about it, 
I'm interested in it. I read it and it, it just puts me right back there. And so I think it's great to follow up on any of these things that um, grab you, you know, because it's endless, of course, what you could, what you could keep um, looking into. Um, I guess a couple more ways to kind of work a little bit conceptually um, is in terms of um, pure abstraction. And if, you know, I've been kind of talking about abstracting from landscape or painting realistically, but there are artists who really they're, intention really is to work with something like color that is what they're about and and yet they also can be very influenced by place um, shape color etc and so pulling some things out of that experience that you want to work with in a pure abstract way is another way of connecting with it and uh, keeping it going and the last thing that I wanted to mention that's um, very think very conceptually based is uh, the idea of working with dualities. And this is something, it's kind of a big topic, but I'm going to throw it in here because it's something that I started to think about a lot in my own work. And dualities are ideas that sort of appear to be um, opposites, but you can also often look at them as two sides of the same thing, like light and dark or... Um, organic and geometric, order and chaos, they don't, one doesn't really exist without the other. So they're the yin and the yang or whatever. And so thinking about this, this is just like, it's a kind of a conceptual basis or a thoughtful basis. What aspects of the place that you're interested in could be thought of in terms of duality? Um, and the reason that I think this is interesting is that it's a, it's a form of contrast, and bringing this type of idea contrast into your work is really pretty helpful. I mean, it's um, it creates more of an excitement, I think, in your work because how do you express that? You know, how would you? Uh, one of the things I I did a I noticed in Ireland when I'm in the landscape, and I did a, an exhibit about it was the duality of motion and stillness, and the title of the show was still slash moving um, because I I kept being impressed by it's very windy often so there's this waves crashing wind blowing and a lot of movement in the landscape and then but also this completely eternal kind of stillness of time and ancient ruins and this sort of thing and so I just love that idea um Another one that I've gotten into recently is the idea of vastness or this huge open landscape um, on one side of the duality and on the other side is uh, intimacy or detail or the kind of things when you're for a walk and you look down and you see, you know, a tiny rock or flower and that contrast, you know, I, I notice that a lot here in New Mexico because where I can walk is very open, very vast, and yet I'm always looking at those little details. And so thinking about how those ideas can apply to some place that you're interested in that has impressed you can help you keep moving forward. I mean, it gives you something beyond um, a visual memory, I guess, to, to work with. And I, I guess right now, 
uh, in the situation that we're in, there are some dualities that we're all pretty aware of. Um, you know, kind of outside inside is one. Obviously, we're inside a lot. Um, and again, stillness and movement. I mean, we're often impressed when do go out that it's very quiet. There aren't many people around. So um, there may be certain reactions to our current situation that, you know, could be brought into this as well. Well, and I think it's very important for artists to be exploring what we're all experiencing right now together. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and trying to express, um, you know, perhaps that feeling of, of being closed in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or um, shut off from the rest of the world. Right. Um, and, and being so connected with the rest of the world uh, through the internet at the same time, but, but in our, in our lives being, yeah. Very shut inside and segregated and right. quarantined. Um, right. And uh, I think that those are important concepts to be exploring. Um, and, uh, you know, this may be a time when it, it's just it's just very difficult if you're used to working from, from a place. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be uh, a good time to explore an entirely different concept in your work. That's true, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe maybe the the feeling of uh, being cut off or the longing for that place where you can't go. Um, maybe you had a trip planned for to a place that you really love and you can't go now. Um, you know, letting that into your work. Well, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Uh, yeah, I think, um, I think the idea of working with a sense of place and, and that phrase sense of place is one that you hear a lot in the art world. It's, I guess, a kind of summation of this idea of, trying to bring whatever is special about that place um, into your work. And so this is an idea that can really expand into the times when you are not in that place in really interesting ways. And um, I just wanted to throw these ideas out there because um, maybe they're, they're hopeful. Maybe they open up some doors when you, when you might be feeling somewhat, uh, cut off. I think we do usually need to physically reconnect. If there's an ongoing place that we it feeds our work, I think we feel the need to reconnect um, now and then and actually go there. But there are a lot of ways to nurture and work with us um, with that connection when you're at a distance or you're quarantined or whatever it is. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please check out www.messystudiopodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. For more from Rebecca Kroll, please check out www.rebeccacroll.com and www.squeegeepress.com and sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. The Messy Studio Podcast is a core publication management production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.